In my life as a priest, I led countless pilgrimages of high school kids to Rome. And I also had the privilege of living in Rome from 2003 to 2007. And on these pilgrimages, inevitably, the kids would eventually come up and they're like, Father, we love this place so much. It's so great. What was the best part of studying here? And I, for me, personally, it wasn't being close to the Pope, which is pretty cool. It wasn't being surrounded by some of the most beautiful churches in the world. It wasn't having an appreciation for the immensity of the Catholic Church and the massive influence on Western culture. It wasn't the Roman history, the Roman ruins. It wasn't even the exquisite pasta or the wondrous gelato, which is an Italian ice cream that will change your life. These were all great. They were all incredible bonuses to living over there. But the single greatest gift or grace that I received in Italy was Rome taught me how to pray. It taught me how to pray. Before I moved over to Rome, my prayer was really just a list of devotional prayers and intercessions, which is good, but there's a much deeper sense to what prayer is. And all of it changed when I moved to Italy. There were no cell phones. There, were no, there was no FaceTime. I don't even think Amazon was around during those times. Email was like just beginning to become a thing. We had a telephone that we could call home, but it was extremely expensive. <clears throat> no Netflix. No i-anything. iTunes, iPhones, i-whatever. They weren't there yet. And definitely, I didn't speak Italian that well. And the culture in Italy is absolutely infuriating. <clears throat> you know, when you go there on, on a pilgrimage, everything's provided for you. But when you live there, you have to figure stuff out. When I, uh, you know, there is no Walmart. So you had to go to like, I wanted a belt. I had to go to the belt store. And then there was no buckle on the belt. Because they measured it and cut it. And I was like, okay, hey, where are your buckles? And they're like, that's at the buckle store. So I went to the buckle store, picked out my buckle, and I'm like, hey, can you put this on? He's like, no, we do that at the belt store. You know, you're like, why? Why can't it all be in one store? One time I had to get shoelaces. Good luck with that. Where's the shoelace store? It took me like two weeks, I eventually found it. Said it opens at 9.30, guy showed up at 10.15. I'm like, what are you, why aren't, it says 9.30. He's like, it's my store, I'll open when I want. For an American, this place is insane. There's this, I had this uh, uh, job. I was in charge of the wood shop at, uh, at the seminary, and I had to go get wood. You'd think, you know, go to Menards. <clears throat> but they don't have a Menards. They have this wood shop. And I went in there, and I was like, I need some of that particle board. And he's like, well, I have to measure it. So he measures it. And okay, he's like, it's whatever, euros. And I'm like, okay, I'll take all of them. Right? Because I'm buying for the whole seminary. And he's like, you can't have all of them. I'm like, why not? He's like, what about other people that need wood? I'm like, dude, this is what we call like consumerism and capitalism, moving product. He's like, I'm only giving you two. <clears throat> so the way right next to it was stained wood. Exact same size. I was like, can I get that? He's like, well, I just sold you the regular wood. Yeah, but you wouldn't give it all to me. Well, how much of that do you want? All of it. He's like, you can't have all of it. And then at one point, he's like, are we done now? And I'm like, no, I need two by fours, four by fours. And he's like, what are you, are you building a house? And I'm like, who cares? 
You're going to make money. So there's this big pile of wood in the middle of the room. And he's like, are we done? I'm like, we're done. And I was like, uh, can I get it cut? And I'm not kidding you. The guy was sitting smoking a cigarette right next to the table saw. And he's like, Giovanni oggi, which means like John today. And he's like, no. <laughs> I didn't get that wood for two weeks. It's infuriating. However, the Italians did teach me a lot about relationships. There is no culture in the world that loves to hang out and eat and drink together. And there's also no culture in the world that hates work as much as the Italians. But the reason this was good for me in a sort of painful way is because I had to learn how to relate without the distractions. I had to learn how to pray without the distractions. And it was a very painful time for a long time. But eventually, I had more time to pray. I had more silence in my life. And then I just had to let God provide for me. Three quotes come to mind for me when I hear the gospel of Martha and Mary. First is the French philosopher Blaise Pascal, who said the most frightening thing for modern man is to sit alone in a room with nothing but his thoughts. People are terrified of silence. <clears throat> That's why we have so much distraction to avoid the really serious questions. The Dalai Lama once said, because of the distractions, the diversions, the amusements, the Dalai Lama once said what surprised him most in this life, and he said, mankind. Because he sacrifices his health in order to make money, then he sacrifices his money to recuperate his health, and is so anxious about the future, he never lives in the present, the result being that he does not live in the present or the future, he lives as if he's ever going to die, and then he dies having never really lived. No show of hands, but in your hearts, how many of you can relate to that? How hard you work to provide while life just flies past you. And finally, a wise man once said, if I could prescribe just one remedy for all the ills of the modern world, it would be silence. Because even if the word of God is preached, no one will listen because there is too much noise. I don't know if you've ever read the book by C.S. Lewis called The Screwtape Letters. <clears throat> In that book, he lays out how the demonic tempts humanity. How the demonic works in our lives. And Screwtape is the old eldest demon, and Wormwood is his nephew. And he's just learning how to tempt people. <clears throat> and at one point, he always has, Wormwood always has to report to Screwtape. And in one chapter, he said, I did so good today. And Screwtape's like, what did you do? And he said... I got him totally isolated. He was all by himself. All his friends don't like him anymore. He's in complete solitude. And Screwtape says, you're the worst demon I know. Don't you know that silence is the enemy's territory? And who's the enemy? God. He said, what we need and what we focus on is noise. And then the letters get a little bit bigger. Noise! And then they get huge. Noise! That's what he wants. He wants you distracted. When you're distracted, you cannot hear the voice of God. It's hard to receive grace. God doesn't want us to be anxious. But you know what? Everybody in this church is like Martha. Anxious and afraid. Now, all of you might say, I'm anxious. Yes, you are. You are about something. Most of us wear masks. Most of us covered it up. We're good at that. 
But all of us are anxious and afraid. And I think like Martha, many of us do things for Jesus, but we don't listen to him in prayer. And Jesus says, Mary has chosen the better part. Not that Martha's bad. It's good. But Mary's doing the better thing. So what can we do to fix this? Especially those of us who have a lot of distractions, I'm going to encourage you to do one thing this week. Every day this week, spend 15 minutes of prayer in silence. You can do it. Don't give me any excuses. <clears throat> I'm running two parishes, or a parish, the school, the daycare, I got vocations, travels, and I still get an hour of prayer in each day. And it seems every time I want to go to prayer, Boom, something will come up. Something will come up. Bring a Bible, a journal to write down some of your thoughts. And what do you do? How, where do you start? In those 15 minutes, preferably in the church, but not necessarily has to be in the church. You lift up to the Lord whatever you're anxious about, whatever you're struggling with, and then you sit in silence. <clears throat> Nothing is more necessary right now for us in this world than silence. And not that it's going to make things all perfect. There will be suffering. St. Paul makes that abundantly clear in our second reading. And it will be very difficult at the, at the beginning because you're so distracted. But you're going to have to detox from the world. The payoff of this? <clears throat> Peace like you've never known it. Jesus even promises us in John's Gospel, Peace I leave you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give it. So do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. When I was ordained in 2007, I laid down on the marble and I had one prayer because my life had been amazing, amazing since my conversion. And I said, Jesus, don't ever stop amazing me. And I heard very clearly him respond, then never stop coming to me. Meaning, you keep praying, you keep in relationship with me, and I will make your life a wild ride. And he has, in ways I never dreamed. Let me end with a prayer by Father Pedro Rupe. He was the general of the Jesuit order around the time of Vatican II. And he was talking about love God. Loving God is the most important thing. Love God, just kept saying that. And this old cardinal stood up in the back, and he said... You know, this is all really nice, Father. But why don't you give us something more practical? And in that moment, Father Pedro said, Nothing is more practical than loving God. Than falling in love into a relationship in an absolute and final way. Because what you are in love with is what seizes your imagination. It will affect everything. It will decide what will get you out of bed in the morning. What you do with your evenings. How you spend your weekends, what you read, who you know, what breaks your heart and what amazes your heart with gratitude and joy. Fall in love. Stay in love. And it will decide everything. As this Mass goes forward, pray in your heart for the courage to be able to do the silent prayer that you know you all need. It's an incredible life. And God is an incredible God. But you got to know him in order to hear him.